Lazarus, come out. Michael, come out. Holly, come out. Patrick, come out. Friends, when we insert our name in the place of Lazarus, we realize what Lent is about. It's not just about embracing a discipline for a period of time. It's not just about reflecting on the great things that Jesus did and how awful we are. No, Lent is about letting the Lord restore us to life. Because we drink death through so many sins. In every single sin, in every single sinful habit, what we're doing is we're saying, okay, the God of all life, the ground of all existence, he wants a relationship with me, but I want this thing right now, this action, this pleasure, a little bit more than I want to be with him. And so we turn our back on life and we walk right into an eternal grave. But unfortunately, we don't turn back to the God of life. Far too often what we do is we choose to remain in that grave. In fact, we might even seal it up with a rock. We, we might say, no, 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 God can't possibly love me because look at what I've done. Or look at what has happened to me. And so not only do we choose to cut ourselves off from God, but we choose to seal that fate. And every Lent, the Lord says, roll away that stone and come out. Quit hiding from my love because my love is the only thing that will give you life. And you were made not for death, but for life. Friends, our hearts become like so many tombs. Because very often... We cut God, the God of all life, off from those parts of our hearts that hurt. Those places where we have regrets, where we have maybe sins that we have committed or sinful habits that we keep falling into. And we think, God can't possibly want to meet me there. So I'm just going to go ahead and seal it off. I'm going to say, no, 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 God, you can see these other parts of me, but this, this I can't give you access to. Why? Because there's going to be a stench. Lord, Lord that, that's the part of me that I feel is most disgusting, and so I want to keep you far away from it. But he says, roll away the stone and come out. Meet me there in that place. Sometimes it's not our sin that we want to avoid. Sometimes it's our pain. Sometimes we have been wounded in such a deep way, and we don't ever want to go back to that place in our memories, in our histories, that we seal it away with a stone. We say, I'm not going to think about it, I'm just going to try to escape it. Whenever that pain flares up, I'm going to escape into this little pleasure or that one. And instead of letting the Lord enter into that place where we need to be healed, we put up a sign that says, do not enter. Don't roll away this stone, there will be a stench. This is a part of my heart I don't even want to go into. So why would God want to go into it? And yet the message is the same. It says, take away the stone. You think that this stench will keep me from loving you? Absolutely not. Because just as in the Old Testament, we have that, that beautiful reading from Ezekiel where, where there were dry bones and the Lord brought them to life. Where he said, I will rise my, raise my people from their graves 
So here we see it played out in Lazarus. And now we can have it played out in our own lives as well. But sometimes what keeps us from letting God come in, from letting him call us out of the darkness, piercing the darkness and the depths of that tomb with his loving voice, sometimes what keeps us from it is that we're mad at him. We want to come at him with the question, why? Just like Martha and Mary did. In so many words, they said, why weren't you here? Some of the passers-by, they also said, well, this man, he made the blind to see. Could he not have done something for Lazarus, his friend? And isn't that especially true for us? Right? We come week in and week out. We pray day in and day out. We consider ourselves friends of Jesus like Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And still, he allows death and suffering to touch us. Sometimes it feels like death and suffering touch us more than the people who don't even try to be Jesus' friends. And so sometimes we say, don't come close to the tomb, that place where I'm angry with you in my heart. I'm going to just like piously cover it up with some, some prayers, and I'm going to say, no, 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 God, we're going to be acquaintances but not friends, because when I thought I was your friend, you didn't keep me from suffering. And so don't come too near to that place in my heart that I've sealed off from you. But what the Lord wants to invite us into is not to stop asking why. I mean, we can do that. He, he can take that question. But it's a pretty unproductive question. Because what we want is not an explanation of like, oh, this is why there is evil in the world. This is why there is evil in my life. We can get a neat explanation and then we still are sitting there with the evil and we hate it. The better question is what? What, Lord, are you going to do in this place where I can only see despair? In this place where I I just see that my fate is sealed, that this life is going to be filled with suffering and sin. And how can I help? What and how are better questions than why? Because why gives me an explanation. What are you going to do, Lord, focuses me on him and seeing him at work in my desperate situation. How allows me to participate in that work? So how can we participate in it? Well, we listen to what he has told us to do. First, take away the stone. In our daily prayer with the Lord, are we willing to uncover those parts of ourselves that we would rather not have anybody ever know? Our sins, our regrets, our pain, our wounds. Are we willing to actually show God our hearts as they are, rather than just as we wish they were. And then, come out. Am I willing to actually move? To to listen to God's voice and meet Him, maybe in a place where I'm not all that comfortable, maybe a little bit further than my comfort zone, maybe the confessional. Sometimes we can meet God even in therapy. Sometimes we can meet God by uh, meeting with somebody who is close to him for counsel. But am I willing to actually do something instead of remaining in my grave and saying, nope, my fate is sealed. God obviously doesn't care for me because he let this happen to me. So I'm just going to keep him at a distance. 
Or am I willing to hear his voice and move toward him? But then they say, or then Jesus said, untie him and let him go. Where am I still bound? And what binds me? Do I have a sinful habit that is verging on addiction and I'm doing nothing about it because I got discouraged? Because I tried once or twice or three times to kick the habit and it, it, it didn't work, so obviously it's never going to. Or am I willing to take as the focus of my life drawing so close to Jesus that anything in the way I can, uh, I can fight Right? I can have a good strategy for, okay, what causes me to fall into this sin, and how can I create the best possible environment for virtue to flourish? Am I looking at all of the resources that I have to help me out with it, or have I just made peace with my sin? But what else can bind us? Sometimes unrealistic expectations. Do I expect such a perfection from myself? That I'm not willing to patiently and persistently fight sin and fight for love of God, but instead I just say it's all or nothing, and I guess it's nothing. Have I maybe drank in the poison of self-loathing? Because I feel like I have all these tasks, and, and, and I'm not living up to them, and so God must be as disappointed in me as I am in me. Is that what binds me? Maybe the expectations of others and my reputation, is that what binds me? Well, whatever it is that binds me, the Lord says, let me untie those bonds. Let me give you freedom and let me give you life because that is what you were made for. But of course, it's not just me and my Jesus. We're not all here in isolation, just me and God and everybody else I could forget about. No. One of the secrets to helping ourselves out is to also try to help others. To not navel-gaze so much that our, our whole Christian life is just a quest for self-perfection, but instead to say, you know what, Lord, it's actually about you. And so I want to love myself as you love me. I want to look at myself and unbind myself as you want to unbind me. But because of that, I also want to look at others that way. I want to help them to achieve life and freedom. And so then, step two for the Christian is, not just how can I roll away the stones in my heart, not just how I can listen to God's voice and come out of the grave and meet him in life and communion, not just how I can untie myself from the, the burden of expectations, from the habits of sin, but how can I do that for my family and my friends? Is that, is that the type of person that I am? That, that I help people to roll away the stones that keep them from God? Do I help them to hear his voice as he calls them? Do I help untie what binds them? Or am I the one who's binding them more and more with my expectations for their perfection? Do I bind them more and more by leading them into sin? Because I don't want to be alone in my sin. Or do I help them... To achieve the greatest joy of the human heart, which is to encounter Jesus, to be freed and unbound by him, and to enjoy the life that is communion with him. Friends, his word to all of us is the same. Come out. Come out of the grave because you were not meant for the grave. You were meant for life in Christ Jesus. That life that frees you 
and that life that we celebrate most perfectly in just a few short weeks when our risen Lord will be raised triumphant and celebrated all throughout the world at Easter.